Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Amen. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Mark chapter 2. We're going to be there, and so if you'll just hang out with me there in Mark chapter 2, I think that would be good. We're going to journey through that passage uh, to about verse 12 this morning, and I'm just going to kind of walk you through this. And what we're going to do this morning is I'm going to tell you a story that I believe you'll find yourself in the midst of this story. I think there's some definite parallels to us in our journey called life. And I think we're going to see there's a clear need that we all have. And we'll find that connection, that hope that we're looking for in the story that we're about to read through this morning. But I want to look at verse 1 to begin with. And it says this in Mark 2, verse 1. It says, And again he, talking of Jesus, entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Amen. I tell you what, things are better when Jesus is in the house. Amen. Amen. I believe that Jesus is in this house. And what that means for you and for me today is that if Jesus is in the house, the needs that we have are also in this place. That God is a God who can deliver on His promises to you and your family. He will do every single thing that He said He would do in His Word. And if we will trust in Him, count on Him, rely on Him, and surrender to Him, God will do great and exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever think or imagine according to His working power in our lives as well. Amen and amen. Jesus is in this place today. Are you glad that he's in the house? Let's pray together this morning and ask God's help as we preach this together today in this place. God, I thank you for your anointing that breaks every yoke and every bondage. God, we may have come in here heavy. We may have come in here laden with burdens. But God, you are a lifter of our heads. You are the one whose yoke is easy and burden is light. And God, I believe that in this place, the presence of the king, there's an anointing to break the yoke of bondage, God. And I pray that eyes would be open to see exactly what you're speaking to us and ears to hear what you're saying to us in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jesus was in the house. So that's what I want to preach to you this morning. Look at verse 2. It says, Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic. The first thing that I want to make clear to you in the text today is I want you to notice there is what we call the condition. The condition. This man in our story has a condition. He's a paralytic. He's got troubles, especially in the day that he was living in. This would have been a devastating situation for the man to be in. There's no means by which he can provide for himself. There's nothing that he can really do. There's no social programs. There's no specialist that can come and see him and help him with this problem. The man is at the mercy, complete mercy of those around him who have compassion upon him. He's in a mess. He has a condition. No means of creating income totally and completely at the mercy of his friends. He cannot, he cannot save himself. He is stuck in a condition. Somebody say stuck. That's a bad place to be stuck, amen? We don't want to be stuck. His condition has him bound. 
But although this man in the story is a paralytic, and that is certainly something to notice, something to look at, something to be compassionate toward him about, that is not the most severe condition of the man's life. There's a much more severe condition that he has something that really every single one of us in this place has to face and has to deal with, and that is a sin condition. It's much more deadly, much more devastating, much more life-compromising the sin condition. And every person in this place is born with that same problem, with that condition. The fact of the, word, uh, of the matter is, the Word tells us that we are born of sin, we are born with sin, we are born into sin, and there is absolutely nothing that we can do within our own power to get ourselves out of this mess. It is a debilitating disease that plagues all of humanity. And just like the paralytic in our story, we have no means of providing for ourselves to combat this condition. We cannot save ourselves from it because we are truly, truly, truly stuck in that condition. We are bound to the bed mat of a broken life. Let me say that again. I said just like the man in our story, we are bound to a bed mat of the broken life. Romans 3.23 speaks to this when Paul says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody. No one escapes that reality. And I think here's the hardest thing for us to kind of wrap our minds around concerning this condition. It's really not what we've done that's caused this to happen. It's just who we are. You know, it's not your sins that make you a sinner. You sin because you already were a sinner. And, that, and that's the way that goes. That's just how we are made, how we're born, how, how, how we are coming into this world. And because we're born with this condition, we are desperately at the mercy of somebody to come and save us. We need a rescuer. We need a deliverer. We need somebody who will come and find us on that broken bed mat of life and come to our rescue and say, Hey, there's hope for you this morning. Now listen, church, I know, now I know as I sit here and I, as you sit here in this place and when I say something like, you know, we're all born sinners, I, I get that it's a little bit offensive, right? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's a little off-putting to have one say something like, we have a condition, right? I mean, I mean, when we, we walk by people that have a condition, we're like, I think that guy's got a condition, you know, something, something you know, something's not right. Something's a little off. There, there's a condition at work here. But the condition is sin. And the fact is we all have to deal with it, but we can't do anything about it on our own. We think things like this. This is, this is the way this always goes. This is the way the enemy operates, the way we operate in our own lives. Forget about the enemy. We can come up with this stuff on our own without his help. We think things like, I'm a good person, though, pastor. Right? I'm good. I, I'm always trying to do what's right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I've really got a good heart. I have good intentions. We think things like, well, I'm certainly not as bad as that guy, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm at least better than that person. But believe me this morning, believe me when I say to you that according to the Word of God, none of those things matter. 
We can, we can start all day. And I believe you. I believe you when you say, I'm a good person. I believe that. I, I know most of you. And I believe you when you say that. I believe when you say, I have a good heart. I believe that. I believe you have good intentions. I don't believe that anybody in here wants to hurt anybody else. But that doesn't change the fact that we are born with a problem that only Jesus can change. We, we are in desperate need of a Savior this morning. And I stand before you now, not as a sinner, but as someone saved by His grace. Now, know what that means this morning is that doesn't mean I don't sin. Can I get a witness on the front row? Amen. My wife says, my wife testifies to that reality. We, it doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. Because I do. Of course I do. But what it does mean is this, that I am covered by His grace and I, my sins and mistakes are washed away by the precious blood of Jesus. I can tell you this morning that Jesus is in this house. Amen. And he wants to be in your house too. The paralytic had a condition. And in that condition, he couldn't save himself. And every one of us in this place prior to Christ have that same condition. We cannot save ourselves. We need a Savior. Look at verse 3. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Now, I love this because what you see in the text next is, yeah, you see the condition, but you also see the church. You see the church. And isn't it beautiful to see the church in the Scripture uh, this morning that there are four men here. They represent the church. Four men with nothing to gain. Four men who show the love of God and the love of neighbor. What, what motive did they have this morning? You've you got to ask yourself, what motive did they have? There's no benefit to them personally for carrying this friend to Jesus. Nothing but love is driving them. They aren't criticizing the man for being a paralytic. They aren't treating him like he has a problem. Amen? They are, they're just committed to helping him find the solution to his life's problem. Church, that's the value of the church. To become a support system. To become a delivery system. To all the things the kingdom of God offers to us. I believe that with all my heart, that we are meant to be a support system, a delivery system to get all the things that God has stored up for us into the hands of those who desperately need it. I believe everybody needs the church. Amen? Everybody needs the church this morning. Ephesians 3, 9 in the Message Bible says, My task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. All along. Look at verse 10. Through Christians like yourselves gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. Amen. That's what the church is all about. Why do you need the church this morning? Because just like the man in our story, sometimes you just can't get there by yourself. Amen. You just can't get there by yourself. You can try all day long. But sometimes we just need a little help to get where we're trying to go. All of us need a support system. All of us need godly, a godly support system. We need support in building family. We need support in raising kids. We need support in dealing with life. That's what the church is all about this morning. Amen. 
Our mission here at the river is to be that support system and be that spiritual and family community everybody needs. We're talking about the church this morning. We need the church. We need the church. Verse 4 says, And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, Amen. You ought to underline that in your Bible. When they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. I want you to notice a couple of things in that passage right there. It says, when they ripped off the roof and when they had broken through. This morning, listen, the key to your breakthrough may not be more prayer. It may not be more Bible reading. It may not be even more devotion to God. It may be trusting more people Trusting others to help you walk through the process of life. Your breakthrough this morning could be tied to someone else in this place. That's the power of the church. The man on the bed could have prayed all day long. But when he trusted his friends, I said when he trusted his friends, that's when breakthrough started coming into his life. I love that it says that they took the roof off. They took the roof off. Man, we need to take the roof off some things in our lives. Amen? In other words, they lifted the lid on the situation. Right? They lifted the lid on the situation. The church is going to be the mechanism a lot of times for us in our lives that God uses to lift some lids for us. We all got lids. We all got limitations. We all got things that that we come up against. Not all of them are temptation stuff. Sometimes it is, but not always. Sometimes it's just I'm trying to really get to this place, but I need a little help to get there. The church becomes the lid lifter in my life so many times. It can be the key to the breakthrough that I'm looking for. God uses His people, His church, to be the lid lifters in your life. And so we got to trust somebody. Amen. Pastor, you don't know how many people let me down. I'm pretty sure I do. We've all had people let us down. We've all had people betray us. We've all had people walk out on us that should not. We've all had people do. Listen, I, I get it. But that doesn't change the fact that we got to trust some people. we got to give our hearts to some people along the way. And I don't know a better place to give your heart than the people who belong to the kingdom of God, the church. Amen. God will use the those people to elevate your life it's through the church you're going to grow it's through the church you can better your life it's through the church you can better your marriage it's through the church your kids just do better it's through the church your finances get better through community and spirituality emotional needs all of those things are dealt with in the church all of them are elevated when you're a part of the church verse 5 When Jesus saw their faith, whose faith? Their faith. Not not the faith of the paralytic, but the faith of the friends. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Your son, your sins are forgiven. And so let me ask you this morning, whose faith might you need to change your life? Whose faith? Do you need to couple with yours? Whose faith do you need to tap into to let your life be changed? 
And I want you just to see this because I think this is so important this morning. Do you see how God uses the church to deal with the condition? That He doesn't bypass the church. He uses the church to deal with the condition. I believe that we need the church this morning. Look at verse 6. And some of the scribes were sitting there, reasoning in their hearts, and said, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, I think that's a great question. I don't think the, the Pharisees are wrong in asking the question. That's the right question. That's absolute facts. No one. Absolutely no one can offer forgiveness for sins but Jesus Christ. That's it. Only one can forgive. No way to get to God except through Jesus Christ. And that reminds me, that reminds me of the story that we read about in Matthew 16, 13, when Jesus takes his disciples and he goes to Caesarea Philippi. And against the backdrop of all that the world could offer and, and some of the biggest fears that the people were facing in that day, he begins to ask them a question. He says, who, who do people say that I am? And the, the disciples respond and they're saying, well, some of them say you're Elijah, some of them are saying you're Jeremiah or one of these other prophets. He said, yeah, I get what they're saying, but I'm asking you, what do you say? Who do you say I am? And Peter says, you're Christ, you're the son of the living God. But I want you to know this morning that every single one of us are faced with that question today. Who do you say Jesus is? That's a question that everything in life really boils down to how we answer that question. Who do you say He is? Is He God or not? Is He Lord or not? Is He risen or not? Who is He? And so we see the condition, we see the church, but now we see, coming into view, we see the Christ. Verse 8 says, But immediately, when Jesus perceived in His Spirit, that they reasoned thus within themselves. He said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Arise, take up your bed, and walk? The condition needs the Christ this morning. You can't save you. The church can't save you. We're not, we're not selling that this morning. I'm not saying to you that we got the answer for all your problems. I'm just saying we've tapped into who does have the answer for your problems. And his name is Jesus this morning. The church can't save you. It just helps you get to the one who can. And his name is Jesus. The greatest issue, the greatest condition facing the man is not that he's a paralytic. I said that earlier. But that he is a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. And the greatest need we have today is rescue from sin by that same Savior. Verse 10 says, But that you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said, Just so you know. Just so you know, he said to the paralytics, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. I love that Jesus addresses the spiritual before he addresses the physical. And the reason for that, I think, in the text is clear that the spiritual need is always greater than the physical need. We spend all of our lives focused on what we need physically, where we're trying to get physically when we ought to spend a lot more time focused on where we are spiritually and where God's trying to take us spiritually. And I will tell you this morning that if you will deal with the spiritual things in your life, God will make sure the physical things are dealt with in your life. They will follow 
fall in line with Him. Our relationship with Jesus profoundly, profoundly affects every single part of our lives. Life change always starts right here. And from here flows into every other place. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. All of life has issues. Let's make sure that those are springing from a heart that's anchored in Jesus Christ. Christ is the answer to the condition, and He is in the house to touch your heart today. Brian, would you come back to the guitar this morning? As he begins to play, I want to challenge you with one other thing. We see the condition. We see the church. We see the Christ. But now what? And I think now what is this. We find ourselves this morning at what I would call the crossroads. And that crossroads is how are you going to respond to what's been said? In other words, what will you do with what Christ has done? What will you do with what Christ has done? Mark 2.11 says, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, go to your house. And then verse 12 says, immediately. Somebody say immediately. 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 He rose. He arose. He took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all. So that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Man, I don't know about you, but I need a, I never saw anything like this moment in my life. I need some of those moments along the way where God just shows up in a big way and deals with my problems and my situation, my heart, in such a way that I just say, God, I, I've never seen anything like this. We're at a crossroads this morning. And Christ's invitation to us always requires a response. I'm going to ask you all to stand across this place. Christ's invitation always requires a response. And the crossroads you find yourself is the decision that you're going to make in just a moment. For those of you that are in this place and you say, I know where I stand with God. I've given my life to Jesus and I'm serving Him and living for Him. Then I'm going to ask you, if you would, just right where you are, just begin to pray. Begin to ask God to speak to those friends next to you that, that need to surrender their heart and life to Jesus this morning. But if you're here today in this place with every head bowed, every eye closed across this room, this is a moment just between you and the Lord today. If you're here and you say, man, I'm at that crossroads. I feel that and I understand what you're saying, Pastor, that I have this condition that I need to deal with. My life seems broken. And even though today you may, you may be in a place where your, your bank account's fine and your family's fine and everything seems to be fine, but you know deep down inside there's still something not right in your life. Maybe that's not the case for you. Maybe you are just having difficulties all around. I don't know, but I just know this, that it starts with Jesus. And it starts with this place of coming to a, a point in our lives where we answer the question, who do you say that I am? And we say, you're the Christ. You're Jesus. You're my rescuer. 
You're my Savior. You're the God that I'm going to turn to and lean on. I'm not playing games anymore. I'm not doing this life by myself anymore. We're going to make a pivot. We're going to change some things. We're going to go in a different direction. If you're here today and you say, I need Jesus in my heart. I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus this morning. I know that this condition in my heart needs to be dealt with. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you are and just put it right back down. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, amen. Several hands going up. Don't, don't let this simply be your response. Just to simply raise your hand and just say, that's me. That's me. i got to make some things right. I've not been following the Lord. I've not been serving the Lord. I've not been living for Him. But today, I want to make my life right with God. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up here right back down. Yes, amen, amen. I'm going to pray for you this morning. The Word of God is very clear that says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever. That's no pre-qualifier. That just simply means that anybody who would call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so this morning as I pray, I want you just to begin to call out to Him. Just say, God, I want you in my life. Come and change my heart. Father, I thank you for the people that have let you know this morning that have raised their hands in faith, signifying a need. God, we recognize by raising our hands this morning that we are in need of a Savior. There are people in this room, God, that are in need of reconciliation with you, God. They are away from you. They're not living for you right now. They know who you are. But, God, they're not really following you. And so, Father, today as we pray together, Lord, reconcile, make new, reestablish, save, deliver, and restore your people. Lord, you said you're standing at the door of our heart and you're knocking, and that if we will simply open the door, you'll come in. And so, Father, as you knock through the Holy Spirit this morning, as you deal with hearts and lives this morning, God, we open our lives to you and receive you as our Lord and Savior. We are saved. We are changed. Old things are gone, and new things now are coming into our lives. Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to know with utmost confidence that you are saved. You are a child of God. And now the next step for you is a very simple one. You've got to get plugged in. You've got to find a place to be a part of the body of Christ. And through that, what God will do is He will grow you. He will shape you. He will give you life principles that help you to live this life effectively for the kingdom of God. You cannot get to some places on your own. You need the church. Jesus is in this house. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We would love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 945 for Sunday school and at 1030 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself face down on your shore. Say, come to the